You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everybody, welcome along to another episode of La Liga Lowdown series looking at every La Liga club and telling each of their stories. This time around we have the story of one of Spain's most successful clubs. It's the story of Atletico Madrid. For this episode I'm your host Jim McTeer and we'll have some fantastic guests coming up as we look back at the history of the team from the Spanish capital. Before we get into the details let's have a listen to some of their most glorious moments Here's how some of their successes were commentated on. There have been so many epic Atleti moments over the years, especially in recent years, so it was hard to pick just a few, but we heard Simeone's goal from the day they completed the double in 1996. We heard the commentary from Miranda's Copa del Rey winning header over Real Madrid in 2013. Diego Godin's La Liga winning goal at the Camp Nou one year later, we heard that too. And one of the Griezmann goals as Atletico won the 2018 Europa League against Marseille in Lyon. There's even more success than that and we'll get right back to the start to find out how it all came about. We'll do that with Roman de Arquer, ready to start the narration. He's coming up after just a quick listen to the Atletico Club hymn. Atlético de Madrid began life on the 26th of April 1903 with a history that was intrinsically linked to Athletic Club de Bilbao. It was three fans of Athletic Club who came to Madrid to study and form what they thought would be a youth branch for the club in their new city as a celebration of the Basque team's victory in the 1903 Copa del Rey. It took off with wild success, even being joined by unhappy socios of Real Madrid. The club changed colours from blue and white to red and white at the same time as Athletic Club did in Bilbao. 
Rumours say that the clubs originally wanted to buy their kits from Blackburn Rovers in England, but when they couldn't find any during a visit, they instead resorted to buying Southampton kits before getting on the boat back to Spain. The red and white colours fed into the club's nickname Los Colchoneros, which means mattress makers, as beds were made of the same colours. In the club's early years, players were exchanged with Athletic regularly, not becoming fully independent until they moved into their original Estadio Metropolitano in 1921. It led the club to new heights, pitting them against Real Madrid as their greatest rivals in the regional league, winning three titles and earning an invitation to the first season of La Liga in 1929. Led by Englishman Fred Penland as coach in that campaign, their Primera División spell was limited, being relegated, promoted and relegated again before the Civil War hit. After the Civil War, Atleti were struggling with their finances. Aviación Nacional, the team of the Air Force in Spain, were looking to combine with the team in the capital so that they could become a La Liga side. Their first stop was Real Madrid, who turned them down, but Atleti agreed and they became known as Athletic Aviación Club. The team then won the league in back-to-back -back seasons, with top scorer Pruden winning the Pichichi with a tally of 33 goals. A figure which wouldn't be beaten until Telmo Zarra arrived on the scene with Athletic in the 1950s. More name changes followed, swapping to Club Atletico Aviación due to a new law introduced in 1940 prohibiting foreign names. And then in 1947 the name was changed again, this time to Club Atletico de Madrid as the Air Force asked for their association to be dropped. The side established itself as a team who would compete at the top of La Liga and in the Copa del Rey without being one of the league's giants. Cup success in the early 1960s, winning back-to-back -back titles was followed by a transition in focus to La Liga, with a turn to European coaches like Marcel Domingo and Max Merkel bringing success. The early 1970s were the golden era of Atletico de Madrid. The titles came in 1970 and 1973, but the peak was arguably in 1974. It came with a heartbreak. Atleti reached the European Cup final where they came up against a Bayern Munich side featuring Franz Beckenbauer, Gerd Müller and Uli Hoeneß. In the final, Atleti dominated completely, but they couldn't find a way through until Luis Aragonés converted with just 6 minutes of extra time left. But as would become a theme in European finals for Atletico, their joy would be stolen from them at the final moment as Schwarzenbeck scored from distance with the last kick of the game. In the replay two days later, the Germans ran riot in a 4-0 win. In 1975, Atletico became champions of the world for the first and only time, winning the Intercontinental Cup. With Aragonés in the dugout as coach, Atletico qualified as Bayern declined to take part, and Atleti succeeded thanks to Ruben Ayala, late winner. Aragonés made Atletico a competitive team, winning the league and the Copa del Rey to establish the club among the best. But the Atletico de Madrid coaching role became a hot seat, with six different men taking charge in a four-year spell between Aragonés winning a title, departing and then returning again. It came to be the perfect example of the instability at the club in the late 20th century. The next major chapter of the club's history began in 1987 when Jesús Gil became president. After 10 years without a league title, fans were desperate for glitz and glamour, which came in the form of marquee signing Paulo Futre. But the controversial businessman and politician made a string of questionable decisions. Nothing summarized this era better than going on television to sing the praises of his champion youth team captain and top goalscorer, only to then shut down the club's academy. That talented youngster, by the way, was Raúl, who would go on to become a Real Madrid legend.
In the 90s, Radomir Antic led an incredible turnaround. He took the team from relegation candidates to winning the Copa del Rey and the league in just 12 months in 1996. To date, it remains the club's only ever double, with the team including Diego Simeone in midfield. Following up on that success was more difficult, even though Atleti managed two Copa del Rey finals in 1999 and 2000. But that second Copa final also came with a relegation that would see them return to Segunda División 66 years later. But brighter times were around the corner for Atletico in the 21st century. First, they just needed to get out of the second division. To tell us how that went, here's Paco Pollock. Atleti being relegated meant they had to get rid of their biggest players, undergo massive layoffs inside their organization and build a squad with plenty of youngsters in order to keep the promise to the fans that their spell in Segunda would only be un añito en el infierno, a single year in hell. Unfortunately for them, things didn't work out as planned. Atleti got thrashed by Levante in the opening game with a 4-1 score, and even though they looked good enough in a number of moments throughout the year, they finished fourth and were unable to promote. Not everything was bad, though. A youngster named Fernando Torres, El Niño, made his official debut in an otherwise disappointing season. The following year, the goal would be finally achieved. With Luis Aragonés back at the helm, Atleti was back to Primera in April 28, 2001. Two seasons in hell which toughened up the fan base, loyal as ever and whose number increased around 70% in season pass holders after relegation. An actually amazing fact. The feat was celebrated with a now famous TV ad where Germán, El Mono Burgos, was seen coming out of a sewer hole with the motto, We're back. Atleti celebrated their centenary in the top flight with the Spanish Prince Felipe as their honorary president. The decade, though, wasn't particularly kind to them sport-wise, with the club slowly climbing up in the table season after season but never fully becoming the powerhouse they once were. Fernando Torres, the absolute reference both for the squad and for the fans, was sold to Liverpool in summer 2007. In came Diego Forlan, fresh off four successful seasons in Villarreal. One year earlier, in 2006, Kun Agüero was signed to as a very young and promising striker. With two world-class forwards in the squad, Atleti finally played in Europe again in the 2007-2008 season and finished fourth in La Liga, granting them access to the Champions League once again after an absence of 11 years. But their growth was really consolidated under coach Quique Sánchez Flores in May 2010, when Atleti were able to conquer the first edition of the Europa League, the former UEFA Cup, after beating Fulham with a brace by Diego Forlán. The following season began in a promising way. Atleti beat Inter in the European Super Cup in August, becoming the fifth Spanish side to be super champions in the continent ever, but the overall result was disappointing with a seventh place in La Liga. But the groundwork was laid for further success after the signing of such players as Diego Godin, who would become a club legend the following decade. In summer 2011, Agüero, Forlan, Simao or keeper David De Gea left and new players arrived such as Radamel Falcao, Arda Turan, Gabi or Thibaut Courtois. Manzano was the coach, but he was sacked before Christmas and the biggest turning point of the century took place. Former player Cholo Simeone was appointed as the new manager on December 27, 2011. A 16-win run in European games allowed Atleti to conquer yet another Europa League trophy in May 2012 against Atleti Club. 
Simeone, with his partido-a-partido motto, literally one game at a time, conquered the hearts of every Atletico fan and hand-tailored his side into an uber-competitive beast, brimming with intensity, passion and defensive expertise. The growth never stopped in the ensuing years. Atleti beat Chelsea with a 4-1 score and a Radamel Falcao hat-trick and became the European Super Champions in summer of 2012. In 2013, they beat Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey final thanks to a Joao Miranda header in the extra time. In May 2014, Atleti lived through the two phases of football after conquering the La Liga Championship with a heart-sopping last-game draw against Barca. However, one week later, they saw a Champions League trophy slip through their fingers in Lisbon with that famous Sergio Ramon 93rd-minute header, which equalized the game. Later, Real Madrid would win the title in the extra time with a tough 4-1 final score. History would repeat itself two years later, this time losing the Champions League final against Real Madrid in the penalty shootout after a 1-1 draw. In La Liga, the team kept their reliable performances and finished third, becoming the only real alternative to the powers that be of Real Madrid and Barca. The club, quite controversially, left their Vicente Calderón ground in summer 2017 and kicked off their current run in the Wanda Metropolitano Stadium with a capacity of over 68,000 in attendance. We'll hear in just a little bit about what this move was like for fans. In May 2018, they conquered yet another Europa League trophy after beating Olympique Marseille in France with a 3-1 scoreline. Months later, in August, they beat Real Madrid 4-2 in the European Super Cup with a memorable game by Diego Costa. In 2019, a transition happened. Players such as Godin and Antoine Griezmann left the club, Joao Felix was signed for a whopping 127 million euros and the season delivered a memorable 3-2 win in Anfield with a Marcos Llorente masterclass. However, the Covid pandemic halted Atleti's momentum and they were knocked out of the Champions League by Leipzig, while they finished third in La Liga. To date, Diego Simeone remains the coach with the best win ratio ever in the club, with over 500 games managed. He has conquered seven trophies in nine years and was named Coach of the Decade by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics. And he's still going strong. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we've heard all about Atletico's history and all of their successes and trophy wins. Now let's hear some more about a few of the characters behind it. Our next segment is a part of the podcast where we look at three of the all-time club legends. Atleti season ticket holder and journalist Sam Leverage is going to do that now for us. And I'm sure one or two of the names won't come as a surprise to you. Let's find out who Sam has selected. When talking about legendary players and coaches at Atletico Madrid, it's quite a unique case as so many of them have done both roles. And you have to start with Luis Aragonés, one of the most iconic men in Spanish football and particularly for Atletico Madrid. He didn't come through the youth ranks or anything like that, but he did spend 11 years at the club as a player. And to this day, he remains the club's record goal scorer with 173 goals. He was a deadly striker in the box and he stayed with the club until he eventually retired. In November of 1974, he took over as coach and he'd go on to be coach of Atletico Madrid on seven different occasions and he was very successful. He won three league titles as a player, another one as a coach. He won three Copa del Rey titles as a coach, adding to the two he won as a player as well. And few men have won as many titles as Luis Aragonés did for Atletico Madrid. It was him who claimed the the phrase ganar y ganar y ganar y volver a ganar, win and win and win and win again. And that was one of the phrases that has become historic in Atletico Madrid history. He also coached another one of Atletico's legends, Diego Simeone. Although it wouldn't be at Atletico Madrid, they would actually work together at Sevilla just before Simeone left to join Atletico Madrid. Simeone was going to form part of the side that won the double in 1996, putting himself into history straight away. And his passion and spirit on the pitch, much like he is on the touchline now, made him a huge hit with fans. He left for Italy and then would return in 2003, spending two years with the club before he would end his European playing days and go back to South America. Fans still loved him though, and so when he came back as a coach in December 2011, it was an inspirational moment and fans were hoping for the best, but nobody could dream what he would achieve. The team were in mid-table and in his debut season, Simeone led the team to win the Europa League. In 2014, they made history again, winning the league. And it was that famous philosophy of partido a partido that has kept Simeone going. And even to this day, as he approaches 10 years in charge as coach, which he'll achieve this year, nobody can quite live up to Simeone's achievements in the dugout for Atletico Madrid, transforming the club both on and off the pitch with the stadium move, with their status, He's just become arguably up there with Aragonés as the club's best ever legend. Finally, though, is Fernando Torres, El Niño. For many, you might wonder why he's such a legend for Atletico Madrid. But for Atleti fans, he's one of their own. He's one of the few elite players in Spain who's come through the club's youth ranks. And he's always been with the club. As a boy, he came through the youth and then he made his debut in Segunda in 2001. And that was when the club were really at their lowest point. They were desperate for a hero. And Fernando Torres turned out to be that man. A year later, his goals pushed the team towards promotion. And by the age of 19, he was the team's captain already in a team that were now back in La Liga. And this 19-year-old boy was wearing the captain's armband for such a historic club. 
He was the team's top scorer for five years in a row before he left for Liverpool. And even after that departure, he didn't hide his affections. And for many Atleti fans, he was their representative within the great Spain team of the World Cup and the European success. And then he did come back again to Atletico and it was obvious quite how much affection fans had for him. When he returned in 2015, there were 45,000 fans at the Calderon waiting for him. His second spell wasn't quite as successful. He was in and out of the side and in the end he fell out with Diego Simeone leading to his departure. But he did have time to win the Europa League, his first major title with the club, which many saw as the poetic ending that El Nino deserved. I think it's time now to bring up the Atletico Madrid fans and to discuss what the atmosphere that they create is like and to discuss where it is that they create it because Atletico Madrid have of course moved home in recent years. To tell us about the experience of supporting Atleti, here's Ricardo Menendez. Match day is most definitely a concept under construction for Atletico Madrid fans as they are still adapting it to the change to the new stadium, the Wanda Metropolitano radically different from the cosy Vicente Calderón. Saying goodbye to Vicente Calderón in 2017 was one of the most heartbreaking experiences for most fans that consider the 50-year-old stadium their second home. This downtown-centric location was a gathering magnet for droves of rojiblancos that would flock to their home stadium, chanting and celebrating game days while having cañas, a glass of draft beer, and tapas on their way there. The neighborhoods surrounding the Manzanares rivers are predominantly rojiblanco, um, so many lived at walking distance from their stadium. Enter Wanda Metropolitano, the luminescent futuristic new home of Los Atleticos. Its, its flat stands and previous Olympic stadium configuration create a completely different experience. With a colder atmosphere, the change to the new home in the outskirts of the eastern part of the city has been anticlimactic at least. It is difficult for fans to create an atmosphere because how sound is mitigated with this open ring top configuration. Atletico fans are very keen on chanting during the matches and the stadium just sounds completely different. It has been quite a challenge to even feel at home at such a different stadium. The fact that the controversial crest change has come with the change of stadium has turned almost any game day into a protest by several thousands demanding the traditional crest to be reinstated. The ownership could not have been clumsier managing this tremendous set of changes, leaving fans' opinions completely aside. Therefore, every match day has a bit of a feel of referendum between supporters who like the new Atleti, Crest and Metropolitano included, and many of uh, many who only see loss of values and tradition in these changes. The neighborhood's cool reception towards the club's relocation has not helped either. There is almost one kilometer walking distance to the nearest house, let alone to the nearest bar or cafeteria, as the stadium is surrounded by huge parking spaces and 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 a very big park. The, the fans, tongue-in-cheek, call the surrounding area El Paramo, a sort of wasteland. It takes getting very close to the stadium to build that game day fever that was so present in the previous stadium. The challenge for the Atleticos is to turn the Wanda Metropolitano from a house into a home, from the unwanted new stadium to the promised land where Atleticos can tackle their aspiration of, of becoming a permanent contender and one of the sides to always take into, into consideration when every championship begins.
That will require Aleti to be able to improve their rapport with fans. So match day is once again a time for Atleticos to gather and celebrate on their way to the match. Thanks for that, Ricardo. And thanks to everybody who has contributed to this episode. That's Roman Darker, Paco Pollitt, Sam Leverage and Ricardo Menendez there. I've been your host, Jim McTeer, and we are La Liga Lowdown. You can find us online and on social media with a quick search in your favourite search engine. For now, thanks for listening to this episode and we hope you'll join us again soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 